Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a conference championship recap edition of the Wishbone Shotgun Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. I'm Mike Griffin, joined tonight by Noah Trumbly, Tom Russo. Gentlemen, we do now know who's playing in the Super Bowl. How are we doing? Pretty good. Uh, one side of the Super Bowl equation, I think a lot of us could have predicted. The other side, I don't think anyone did. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. But we'll I'm, get to that. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we're also going to talk. We have to talk about the GOAT at some point. Tom Brady announces retirement. We'll get there. We'll also talk a little bit about Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL. But we start with actually some breaking news from Adam Schefter, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars have hired a new head coach. This is a missed opportunity, but the Jacksonville Jaguars have hired former Philadelphia Eagles head coach Doug Peterson to be their new head coach. We could dive into this a little bit more, but this is the first thing that came to my mind. The Jags are trading back for Nick Foles. If only. And Nick Foles is going to back up Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> oh, my God, imagine. Let it happen. Um. <laughs> But uh, he'll replace Urban Meyer, who was fired after one season, and it was well. He wasn't fired after one season, but he was fired after like he was fired during games. the season. But I'm going to use after because you know semantics. But he replaces Urban Meyer, who was a train wreck. Yeah. And, and so, so this is for, for me, and then I'll throw it to you guys. I think this is a really smart hire. Now, I, I, I thought Byron left, which would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think after going Urban Meyer. First time head coach in the NFL, the Jags went with someone with experience and someone who, say what you want about Doug Peterson and how his time ended in Philly. You have to respect Doug Peterson because he does have a rank. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the most telling sign of this. I, I, you know, Tom, as you show me the ring finger, as <laughs> everyone's hero in life, Beyonce says, if you like it, you should put a ring on it. Put a ring on well, it. Well, the, the Jaguars liked it so much, they put another ring on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree that it's a smart hire. I think it's the best hire they could have made at this point. And I think we all kind of said that Doug Peterson deserves another shot somewhere. And I think maybe there were better, more appealing jobs, but. This is still a job in the NFL, and you get a chance to possibly work with a generational type quarterback. So, I, I just think it was the best hire they could have made at this point. And uh, like you said, you know, you have a ring. This guy won a ring with a backup quarterback against Tom Brady's New England Patriots. Clearly, this guy's a good coach. You don't get through that on luck alone. So, you know, this is a guy that potentially could turn this team around, and I think he's the right guy for the job. I think everyone wanted Byron Leftwich, but. For, to your point, doesn't have the experience. And how do we know Byron Leftwich isn't riding the coattails of a guy, you know, like Tom Brady? Like, how do we know that he's got something to give this organization yet? So I think this is a safer hire. Definitely. Um, so there are reasons why I like this hire, and there are reasons why I don't particularly like this hire. Um, obviously, you said it, Mike. He's got a ring. You've got to respect that. You know, obviously, there's – you know, he won a Super Bowl. He's got great experience in terms of coaching at the NFL level. And so, yeah, with the Super Bowl back behind him and the great years he had in Philly, you got to put you got to put the respect on his name. The reason I don't 
like this hire particularly all that well is again, like you said it, the way that, that his tenure, and this all wasn't him, I understand that, but how bad it got in Philly that last year and a half, it was really bad. Like it, it, and again, it was not all his fault, but when you look at it, it's like, oof, that's a little rough to look at and be like, yeah, I want to hire that guy. And it's like, you know, who knows? Maybe if he, he goes to a different place, it'll be a completely, completely different situation. But to me, like you said, you can't deny the ring. You can't overlook how bad that Philly job got. Right. And, and there's two two things I, I want to hit on really quick. And, Tom, you hit on it. There are some other openings out there. The, the Dolphins are open. The Texans are open. The Saints are open. I think those are the last three. I think those are the I think because the Vikes job has been taken. Oh. Yep. The, the Vikings are reportedly in on Kevin O'Connell. They can't sign yeah. him until after the Super Bowl. Uh, Hackett went in. to the Broncos. Uh, Broncos. Hackett to the Broncos. Dable to the Giants. We'll talk more on those next week. Yeah. Uh, just because of timing issues. But he, he, here's the thing. One, there's not going to be pressure like there is in Philly. I think everyone across football knows the Jags aren't one year away from one. This is they're, a process. Yeah, they're like a this solid is a breed process. Of years. And I think for Doug Peterson, I think for year one, especially this next year, it's an evaluation of who, who should be here and who shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's going to be keen also to see. What kind of autonomy does he have? Does he have full autonomy? Does he not have full autonomy? How does Trent Balky, the GM, play into this? Because there were reports Byron Leftwich didn't want to work with Trent Balky for whatever reason they may have had. The other part of something, the other part, some Tom said, you get Trevor Lawrence. And to me, this hire had everything to do with Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence, in his rookie year, he was not good. To put it simply, you could say he was bad, mild. I don't, you know, he wasn't good. Now, the supporting cast around him isn't great, and he wasn't good. But I also take into account the situation they were in as a whole. Mm-hmm. We've gotten the stories out of Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, this and that. That's gone. Everyone now has a clean slate, all the players. And Doug Peterson, who his coached under Andy Reid, and he did a really good job up until the end in Philly. Up until the end, he was really good. Now it's – this is going to be time. It's not going to be one year, and they're going to be, you know, 12 and 5 next year. No, but you want to see baby Bro. steps and progress. Something they haven't seen – since they lost the AFC title game to, to the Patriots, where I will still deem Miles Jack was never down. Well, let's, let's that's be a honest. whole other conversation. Blake Bortles would have had a Super Bowl. Let, oh, my let's God. Not... Full circle that for a second. The Eagles beat the Patriots, who beat the Jags in that Super Bowl. We could have had Blake Bortles against Nick Foles, and now Doug Peterson would have been coaching both teams. Yeah. Um what was I going to say? Yeah, no, that, that the team, the Jaguars have been in, I think, in a free fall ever since that AFC title defeat. All right. So Doug Peterson goes to the Jags. We'll see what else comes with the Jags, but I, I, do, I, I think I do we're think, all in agreement. Go ahead. 
I do think it's a smart hire. I, I know I sounded like I did, like, didn't favor it, but, you know, it was just like, you know, it was just something you had to look at. You had to look at both sides. You couldn't, like I said, you, you had to respect the but you couldn't ignore how bad that job got in Philly. Right. So Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. We'll wait and see what happens there. The second piece of news, and we're, we're going to get, we're going to get into something serious here, and that is the Brian Flores lawsuit. We're not going to go in depth on the whole lawsuit because if we do, we're going to take forever, and that's not what we want. Brian Flores is suing the NFL due to racial allegations, and he can't find, it, you know, why he got fired. This and that. he also names the Dolphins, Giants, and Broncos in the lawsuit. There are two parts of this that I want to touch on. The first part is the fact that there is one only only one African-American head coach in the NFL. Currently, that is Mike Tomlin. I don't want to say... I'm th- thinking the right way to phrase this, but I, I don't disagree because I do think it's wrong that there is only one African-American head coach currently in the league. We talk about it every offseason. Eric Bieniemy should be a top target for teams. But why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting a job? Although the Saints, they requested an interview with him. We'll see what happens from there. Byron Leftwich, we just talked about. He deserves an opportunity unless he's going to take over for Bruce Arians. Todd Bowles. Todd, Todd, Todd Bowles. I, I, I know Tom, you know, you know, you're the Jeff. I know Todd Bowles wasn't well perceived, but. He did get the Jets to 10 wins one year, even though that didn't get them to the playoffs. He got them to 10 wins. Yeah, and he did that with Ryan Fitzpatrick he as his quarterback. And, uh, he, you know, he did make help that team grow a bit. And uh, I think he definitely deserves a job somewhere, and it just hasn't happened. It really makes you think. Uh, and, you know, I think the things Flores have said, or, you know, I, we're going to go into specifics, I'm sure, but, there seems to be some gravity to it all. I mean, yeah. some weight behind what he's saying. Well, and just to go, just to go off what you were talking about, Mike, about coaches that you know seemed destined for jobs. You know, I can speak of one personally. I remember about two, three years ago when Chris Richard was rumored to have like all these head coaching jobs lined up, and like all these teams were interested in him. Even the Cowboys were considering hiring him, and then he just disappears into the ether. Yeah, he's like a set. He's a secondary coach somewhere. Yeah, it's like uh, here. I'll but, well, you talk. I'll look it up. And you yeah. know what else needs to be brought up with this? Jim Caldwell. Where? where Jim, why did he Jim Caldwell brought job? the Lions to relevancy? And exactly, what have the Lions been any good since they got rid of Jim Caldwell? They hired what pencil dude? Matt what? Patricia, and, and they they hire that idiot and Dan Campbell. Yeah, it's on. I mean, he is. It just it definitely makes you ask questions. Like, he is cur- Chris Richard is currently the defensive backs coach for the Saints. Which, by the way, I don't know if the Saints put in a request to interview him as their head coach. I, I don't want to confirm nor deny that. I don't know. Yeah, but but we, you know, I I told you I wanted Chris Richard two or three years. Ago. I wanted Chris Richard to get promoted head coach so badly. Yeah, and now you know, eventually it's going to be Dan Quinn. The, the problem I have, and, and Brian Flores is 100% right, because we just talked about Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's on his second opportunity now. 
Josh McDaniels, who, who we'll, we'll get to that also next week, the oh, Raiders God, hiring yeah, McDaniels. I thought after what he did to the Colts, he was done. Done. Other than the New England. He, he's going to get another opportunity. Why? But yeah. I'm not going to yell and scream about a guy like Kevin O'Connell who's going to get a first time. I'm not going to do that because I, I, I feel everyone's entitled to get an opportunity. But it's the, the other other guys. But, like, I know Flores is still named – is considered a finalist for the Texans job. Although, if, if he gets the Houston job, I'm going to think the NFL has something to do with it. I really will. Yeah. I, I we have this is not just an NFL issue. This is a societal issue, and mm-hmm. and, and I I hate saying that because it's 2022, and we should be moving forward with stuff like this. But ra- racial injustice still is a it's still around. Yeah, and these guys at the top are I mean are all white. Then, a lot of them are older, look, privileged white people that are making these ultimate decisions. Right. And, and, I mean, it's clear as day, whether people want to accept it or not, that there is a stigma against hiring black head coach. It just doesn't make the, sense. Why there, there's only there's, one. There's one person I would like to uh, – he will not do it because he wants safety for himself. And if the organization who hired him had, had the self-respect, I believe they do, they'd let him speak out. I want Mike Tomlin to talk about this. Yeah. I want Mike Tomlin to say, hey, he's right. And this is what we have to do to get better. I want Tony Dungy to speak out on this because mm-hmm. Tony Dungy is a Hall of Fame head coach. He was the first African-American head coach to win a Super Bowl. His voice matters. The only voice I've heard since is Hugh Jackson. And this is not a knock on Hugh Jackson at all. But Hugh Jackson was not a good NFL head coach. No, it was offensive coordinator. Fine, head coach. No, right. And go ahead. Now lead into the second. Part. Okay, yeah. It's just yeah, like it's crazy because you hear the lawsuit come up, and you think at first, you know, you're kind of. I think your um, ignorance kind of kicks in, and you think, oh, there's what is he talking about? There's nothing there, and then, and then you really think about, it and you go, this guy. Okay, like let's just look at Brian Flores in in a in a bubble. This coach took a floundering Miami Dolphins franchise who couldn't find a quarterback, couldn't get anything defensive wise going. They, Mike, I think before Brian Flores, they were one of the worst defenses in the league. They were one of the worst teams. Yeah, they were one of the worst teams ever. Like one of the worst teams in the league. And in two years. He had him fighting for a playoff spot. And a guy who did that, all of a sudden he gets fired out of nowhere. And everywhere is just like, yeah, no, not interested. It's like, how? The last two years, he's won 19 games. How does a guy who does that not get another gig? And and if you take away his first year where they were clearly tanking, We're, no, they were tanking. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. They were tanking. Well, that's the other part of the lawsuit, too. Right. That's the part I want to get to. But he got that team to win five games. That shows you something. 
that shows you moxie, that shows you this guy can really coach. And yeah, he deserves a second chance. And I hate the fact that he, he, he said this, I think he said it or his lawyer said it the other day. If he doesn't get another opportunity, he's happy with what he's because he's doing this to try to make an opportunity for someone else. And that bothers me. Yeah. And that bothers me because he deserves another chance. Well, but like, I don't care where you stand on Colin Kaepernick. I don't care if you're pro-Kaepernick or not pro-Kaepernick or anti-Kaepernick. I don't know why I said non-pro-Kaepernick. <laughs> but it's pro or anti-Kaepernick. But you can't sit there and tell me the guy never deserved another chance. Yeah. He kind of kind of not uh kind of and then he, himself he, in the end. And then he just faded away. Yeah. So well it, here's the thing uh also that really kind of got me. It was literally, I think the lawsuit came out that Brian Flores was suing the NFL, and then it was literally like 12 hours later, it was announced that McDaniels is getting the job. In no, McDaniel's May. job was announced first. Was, oh, announced was it announced Saturday? First? Okay, even so then, this, though. So this was announced. McDaniel's was announced Saturday or Sunday. So it was Dable, and then Tuesday came, and this lawsuit okay. dropped. And he named the Giants, and he named Denver. Which, if but you want to read the lawsuit, go but ahead. that really irks me because I think you said it earlier, Mike. How the hell does Brian Flores, a guy who was respected by the team, respected by the fans, he get, doesn't get a second job, but McDaniels, who royally screwed over the Colts, yep. literally took the job and then said, if you've been living under a rock, nope. he took the job, and then what was it, like a couple days later, was like, yeah, no, I'm actually I'm going back to the Patriots. I'm going back to the Patriots. Just he, left he, him high and dry. Take no offense. He did what Belichick did to the Jets. Yeah, he did. Uh, so basically know, did what Belichick did to the Jets. And yet that guy gets a that, second shot. All right. Yeah. So here's the second part that I want to talk about. Um, we could talk about the, the Giants and Broncos part at another time. So in the lawsuit, Flores is also suing Miami Dolphin owner Stephen Ross, who he claims offered him a hundred. There are two parts of this. Ross offered Flores a hundred thousand dollars to lose games in 20. Uh, 2019, 19, when they were going to take for Tua. His first year. He also wanted Flores to sign a certain quarterback and invite the quarterback and Flores to lunch on his yacht, even though the quarterback was on another team. Um, that quarterback turned out to be Tom Brady, and I, I can get to that in a second too. If Stephen Ross truly – offered Brian Flores $100,000 to lose games in 2019. Steven Ross needs to be out of the NFL. Steven Ross needs to sell the Miami Dolphins, and he needs to be out of the NFL because that should not be tolerated. And I hate the word tank. I've learned you don't tank in sports. You should not tank. Because playing a sport is your – it's not a given right, but appreciate it. To own a franchise is to be appreciated because you had the wealth to buy something so many others would love to do. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to pay a guy $100,000. You had the, the audacity 
to say, oh, I'm so wealthy. I could throw you $100,000 for every loss. Go one in 15. Here's an extra, you know, 15. You know, 1.5 million. Right. Here's that. You know, here's this. Brian Flores knew he wouldn't get another opportunity if he took these bribes. He knew that. Mm-mm. And, 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 and he got the most out of a team that was clearly tanked. To, to put it to put it this way, if I were to own the Miami Dolphins or any franchise, I would do whatever it took to win. Yeah, it doesn't matter who who who's coming out of college. Here's brutal honesty, Stephen Ross. You're right. Joe Burrow's great. That's why he's going to the damn Super Bowl. But Joe Burrow wouldn't be great on the Miami Dolphins. You know why? Because there's no players from the throat. He doesn't have Jamar Chase. He doesn't have T. Higgins. He doesn't have Tyler Boyd. The Bengals at least took this as a process. And it was a process that they trusted. And they weren't good because they didn't have a quarterback. Well, they got a quarterback. And they got the skilled position players, including Joe Mixon, Boyd, Chase, C.J. Uzama, who deserves some love. Mm-hmm. They earned where they are. They didn't buy a title. They got there by hard work and effort. But case in point, the team in your own damn division, and I wish Adam was here, the Buffalo Bills for 20 years Sorry. couldn't get it right. The Bills could not get it right. They couldn't find a quarterback. And then here comes Josh Allen. And, and here comes Josh Allen. A kid with a big arm, great attitude, great work ethic. And you know what they did? You know what they did? They got stability at the GM spot. They got stability in a head coach. And they said, you know what? No, we're going to build it around this kid because we see the potential and the upside of that. That's how you build a franchise. Hey, we want Josh Josh Allen to succeed. Let's go get Stephon Diggs. (laughs) You go and you find the guy you want and say that, that is my guy. That is my model. My quarterback is my model. My head coach is the guy who's going to direct everything. And people can complain all they want about the next thing we're going to talk about, which is Brady. And there is no Tom Brady without Bill Belichick. I got news for everybody. And there is no Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. They coincide because they worked well together. If the two pieces don't fit, you don't have a franchise that meshes. And you want to go out and you want to you want to piss away $15,000 on every loss, knowing just as well you're not going to make the money back and people going to the games? You think people want to go watch a loser play? I've got news for you, dude. I only get Dolphin games when they're either prime time or if the Jets are pl- Jets or Giants playing there. And I'll be honest with you, more often than not, the road team has more people in the stands than Dolphin fans. Not because Dolphin fans aren't passionate, but because you need to start putting a winner on the field. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so this is my message to This message is for two people. To Stephen Ross, if you don't give a damn about your franchise, sell the damn team. And to Roger Goodell, actually look into this. 
don't sweep this under the rug like you sweep the Daniel Snyder stuff under the rug. Because that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole other can of worms. Because, Roger, we know where your loyalty lies. And it's not with us, the fans. It's with the guys who pay your damn salary. Oh, well, yeah. It, it, you know. So this is a problem. And I, for one, will say this. I'm going to say this last thing, and then you guys can go wherever you want with it. I don't know Stephen Ross. I've never met him. I will probably never meet him. Don't care. <laughs> if you do not care about, you, you know, no, this isn't just for, this is for all owners. Don't act on this stuff. I want a passionate owner who gives a damn about one. Tom and I can attest to this. There, Steve Cohen bought the Mets two years ago. And now we are the most excited we've been about the Mets since the 15 run to the World Series. Oh, yeah. And now baseball decides to have a lockout just because they knew the Mets were going to win the World Series. That's a whole (laughs) other conversation. Let's hope that ends soon. Tom and I both root for the Knicks. Can't stand James Dolan. Nope. But at least – but there's a guy out there, and I love this guy, and I'm going to shout him out because I do love him. I want an owner like Mark Cuban. I want an owner who's passionate, who loves the game, and will do whatever it takes to win a championship and bring it home. For yeah, his Somebody team. who's like a fan and not just a guy that wants his checks to come in on time, you know? That is passion. That is what I want. Don't just say, oh, I, I think it's cool to own a team, so I'm going to own a team. No. You, you want to spend your money in a good way? As a rich person, donate to charities. Yeah. Do, do what you can to help, help the world in other ways. If the passion's not there, don't buy a sports team for billions when you could be out there helping the world in other ways. Yeah. That's great. Whatever. This is this isn't just for Stephen Ross. This is for any owner who wants to freaking listen to me. And you don't have to take my advice. I am I'll be honest with you, I'm not that smart of a person. I couldn't buy a franchise. But I do know this. If I could, I wouldn't run it like this. I would run it. Partially as a fan, but as a smart fan, knowing I could do whatever it takes to win. You don't embrace tank. Embrace the fact that you, out of all the people in wherever in the in America and Canada, you have the ability to own a franchise. That's cool. And you're willing to piss away 15 grand for every loss. 100 grand for every loss. 100 grand for every loss. I don't know why I keep saying 15. Because, oh, I could throw away 100 grand. You know what I could do with 100 grand? Pay off student, Pay loans. Off student loans. Yeah. Um, sorry, Ryan, I didn't know if you were done, Mike. No, no, no. Go go ahead. I, I, well, I'm sweating I just wanted from to, all that. I wanted to tie this in with something else. And this is a problem. Like, obviously, it's part of the lawsuit with paying people to lose. 
this is something that I think that a lot of sports need to figure out how to deal with. And that's tanking. Cause I can't stand it. I cannot stand when you can clearly see a team that is just going to be like, we're just not going to win a game because we don't want to, we want to get a better draft pick. And, you know, it's just, it's insulting because I couldn't imagine being in these players shoes. Let's say you're, let's say you were on that Dolphins team and you're like a third year player and you're trying to prove what you've got to the league. Let's say a guy like Xavier Howard, you're working your ass off to be one of the best corner, one of the shutdown corners in the entire league. And yet here you have your owner paying, willing to pay your coach to lose games. Yet you're there trying to win. It's it's insulting. It, it's got to be insulting to these players. It's got to be insulting to the coach. Because, look, there's – and I've said this to people before. There is a huge difference to, – to use the NHL for a second. Mike, let me know if you agree with this. There's a huge difference between the Arizona Coyotes tanking and the Red Wings just not being good enough yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because at least when the Red Wings play, they are trying to win. They're just not good enough yet. That's at least still entertaining and fun to watch. I do, could, could not care less about a Coyotes game because it's clear that they're just not trying. Well, I'll, I'll say this about the Coyotes. They're under new ownership and a new right. GM. So I think I think everyone's more under evaluation. So I think your better example would be the years the year McDavid and Eichel were going to yeah. be drafted. And Buffalo tanked. And, and, right, and Edmonton tanked too. They they, mm-hmm. they 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 will not admit that, but they were. They they knew what they wanted. And they just said, "Hey, we're gonna do this." But hey, it didn't work. It mm-hmm. didn't work in the sense of this. Jack Eichel's no longer a Buffalo Saber. Connor McDavid might not be on Edmonton. And Connor McDavid. Well, I mean that's. But yeah, shout out Breakaway Bandits podcast. Yeah, last shout out that. We'll, we'll discuss about that. But no, that's. And then that's, I hope that that starts happening because I don't want tanking to be rewarded. I want you to actually have to work for your, your championships down the line. Like, here's the thing. When they did what they did, I hate it. I hate when Durant went to the Warriors, but you had to respect the championship caliber team that they drafted and signed in free. Like they worked to get that team and they didn't tank for it. Seth Curry was like what yeah. number eight overall pick. It wasn't like he was number. Curry was eight. Curry was seven. Or Clay seven. Thompson, I think, was ten second or round. eleven. Yeah, Draymond Green was second round pick. Yeah, Draymond Green was second round pick. And it, it just yeah, I just hate tanking. And I wish I wish there was a good way to incentivize teams to not tank. But who knows what that solution is? Yeah. But well, uh, there is, and I think both the NBA and the NHL have it. It's a draft lottery. Yeah, yeah. The MLB part of the reason they're locked out right now is because they're arguing over the tanking rules, right? Like they want to eliminate tanking to do with it. I'm not 100, percent but yeah. I mean, Tom, you could chime in here really quickly, then we can move on. Unless Mm -hmm. you you don't feel you feel everything was said. No, honestly, I think it's just like what you guys said. It's pretty despicable stuff. And as a guy whose current NFL team hasn't done anything in 12 years, uh, at one point, the fact that that the reason we might be sucking is because some owner wants us to tank every year is mine. It just pisses me off. Like, at this point, we want to win games. 
if you're a part of one of these franchises. You don't want more draft picks. It gets old after a while, trust me. Like, don't get me wrong. If you're the Colts and Peyton Manning goes and you, you want to you, you tank for Andrew Luck one year as a fan, you're like, okay, lose out. Go to Andrew Luck. But uh, it's other than that, it's just messed up. And I hate the whole idea of it. And I know my team has definitely been taking part of it. I've seen tanking firsthand, and it pisses me off. Yeah. So, so the, the race for Trevor Lawrence was one big tank from the Jaguars, too. I mean, they benched Gardner Minshew, right, for, like, no reason. Yeah, benched for no reason to throw Mike Glennon in. And it worked. Congratulations, Jaguars, even though we were probably the worst team. But we got lucky and won a game or one extra game. Yeah, I just wish that there was a way to, like, really stop tanking in the NFL. But I don't know how you do it, that. In all sports. Yeah, in all listen, sports. I'll say this, and then we can move on. Not every team has an even playing field no. because of financial capability. Baseball, for instance. I know the Pirates and the Orioles will not spend to what the Yankees and Dodgers and the Mets now will spend to. So we've got to find, find a way to close that gap. In the NBA, there are teams who can't spend to what the Lakers and the Knicks spend. Close the gap. And, the, you know, the NHL has a, a cap. So, you know, certain teams find a way to make it work. We have to find a way for incentives because it hurts the fans. It hurts the players. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the only people who, who give a damn about any of this are the owners. And those are the people who are pocketing the money anyway. So, Find a way, make it work. Stephen Ross, sell the damn team. If I got the news tomorrow that Roger Goodell said, Stephen Ross, you have to sell it up. I don't care about, I, I, I care about other parts of this lawsuit, but I will not tolerate a guy who's willing to sacrifice. I, I don't like the word sacrifice because it makes him sound brave. I don't like a guy who's willing to sell his soul for a player who may not, may or may not work out. Yeah. That doesn't work. And there, no draft pick is a guaranteed lock. The no. tra- transition, Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. 199. Who, who thought he would turn into the freaking goat? Speaking of which, Tom Brady finally announced his retirement this week. We we saw the posts from she- Adam Schefter, Jeff Darlington earlier. Uh, I think it was Saturday. Yes. They had posted it. And Tom Brady said, I'm going to take my time. And, and then I think Tuesday it dropped that Tom Brady was had retiring. I officially announced it. I know Tom doesn't like him. I know Adam doesn't like him. But I want to say this. I think we can all agree, and I, I have Tom here, so I think he can agree. I think we you appreciate the fact that you got to generate you got to watch one, if not the greatest in your mind. I, I don't care. We got to watch three of the greatest with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. And and we appreciate the history of all of it. Because 
I'll be straight up with you. There's not going to be another quarterback who wins seven Super Bowls. No. It's just not, not going to happen. And go to 10? Go to 10? Never going to happen. You know, I, I mean, no one's going to match the Brady-Manning games. Like, like we hope Mahomes-Burrow might. Maybe Mahomes-Lamar could, you know, but it's not going to be the same as Peyton Brady, you know? And, you know, I said it before, and I'll say it again. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick needed each other. I, I, I'm I'm sick of the debate of who who was bet who who meant more to this. No, because everyone meant they both meant a lot to the six Super Bowls. Because hey, Bill Belichick could say hey, in the two Giants losses, one game I think I gave up 17 points, and the other one I gave my defense gave up. 20. I think it was 20 to 17 and 70 14. Tom didn't score enough. And the wins, Tom could be like, oh, hey, I put up 30. You know, we were down 20 to 3 to the Falcons. I generated that comeback. They needed each other. And we got to witness the greatest of all time at the position. So, congratulations on a tremendous career, Tom. Don't think about pulling a Brett Favre now and coming back oh, during God. training camp, uh-uh. which I am not ruling out. That is why I'm, I'm not, not ruling out either. Dynasty. It's in the back of my mind, you know. But but congrats on an amazing career. And you know, in five years, you'll go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but unless but you it, took steroids, then you might not be allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That was a bad yeah, joke. He got caught with. Uh, he got caught with the. You know what? Don't get me started on the flaky. Don't. <laughs> yeah, we don't need it going back in. We're, we're not going there. Not tonight. <laughs> Making not a bad tonight. joke because Barry Bonds didn't get into the hall. I, I got you. But by the way, side note: that is a total joke. Barry Bonds and Roger comes in into the baseball hall thing. I know. Side is. note: it. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Tom Brady didn't take steroids, so he's got no reason to not get in. <laughs> oh my God! All right, so so this will lead me into this part. Of, of there are two parts to this. One quick yes or no: Does Gronk follow suit and retire again? Yes, I think he's done. I, I would assume so. I mean, I feel like he went back for Brady. And Brady's gone now, so why do you even stick around? I mean, mm-hmm. you could win another ring with them, but I could see it happening, but probably not. It's probably going to be a couple of years before they can get, depending on who they get a quarterback, really. I mean, if they somehow pulled Aaron Rodgers, maybe you stick around. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, well, there was a report last year that he was close with the Bills before he went back to Tampa, but you've won enough. you got the rest of your life ahead of you. Go do those Go do more of the stupid USAA commercials. Or you try to scam the government to get good health and good car insurance. I'm special. Oh my god! I the kid don't get right. started on those. All right. Second part. Who is the Bucks quarterback next year? Um. Well, I just want to say quick thing on on Brady real quick, and then I can answer. go ahead. Um. Obviously, yes. He. I think he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Willie has some asterisks next to his name. Yeah, not even for Deflategate, but for the other thing. Um, but even if we ignore that, you know, it's still Super Bowls, 
just Super Bowl win after Super Bowl win. And the records. And the, the records, records. The records that he has. And, you know, it's funny because I see all these arguments of, you know, oh, well, he only had he only has all these rings because he had such great weapons and blah, 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 and Moss and Evans and blah, blah, blah. As, Wait, he didn't win a Super Bowl with Randy Moss. Right, he didn't win a Super Bowl with Randy Moss. But I'm saying, like, they were talking about, like, his general career in general. Oh, okay. sort of stuff. But it's it's funny because you look at that and you go, well, yeah, he has great weapons, but he still has to get him the ball. Not like he's – it's not like he's just handing it off to say – you know, it's not like a quarterback just handing it off to a running back and just letting him do everything. He's still one of the – he's still the best of all time as far – the only guy you can even make an argument for is Montana, but I don't know. It's 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 a really tough debate. I, I just think the eras are different because to, today's yeah. game is so much different. Yeah, it's hard and... to compare because it's hard to compare Brady versus Montana because in in Montana's era they didn't throw the ball as much. But, yeah, like. like... I don't want to put Brady in the, the 80s because then you're talking him versus Marino, him versus yeah. Montana. So, okay, so, but, but he'll be in the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest quarterback I think two have ever played, but um, so that's not him. Who is the Bucks' quarterback next season? Um, that's tough because they the Bucks, depending on what like happens with their players and their coaches, they could go one of two ways because here's the thing. We know Antonio Brown's gone. We know Gronk is more than likely gone. We assume it was it Godwin's on free agency, right? Godwin's, Godwin's free. a free agent. They could tag him again or they could right. sign him. But here's the thing. This could lead to an interesting situation. Do you just blow this team up? Do you trade Evans, get a couple first, maybe a couple first rounders for him? Do you trade away? Uh, do they still have Fournette, or is he a free agent? Fournette, I believe, is a one, signed to one year, so I think he's a free agent. Okay, so do you let Fournette walk? Do you get what you can for Evans? Do you let Arians retire? Because maybe he's done. Maybe he's got a Super Bowl, and you know that's it. I mean, he, he said after the Rams loss, he was coming back. I don't know if this changes anything. I'm, I'm sure this definitely changes it. I really think this changes a lot. Um, but it, but that's the thing. It's very interesting for the Bucks because they could try to reload next year, go big game hunting for Rodgers, or maybe they try to trade for Russell Wilson, or they go get Deshaun Watson, or they sign, um, you know, or they get one of the bigger name quarterbacks and they reload and they try to go at it one more time. Or they could go the opposite way and say, look, I don't think we can reload this thing. We've lost too many players. Let's just re let's just tear the whole thing down. Trade Evans, trade uh, Levante David, trade Shaquille Barrett, you know, while they have very high value, let's just get a crap ton of draft picks and capital for them. And let's try to rebuild this thing. Let's bring it up. Let's give Byron Leftwich the head coaching job first timer. Let's let him build his team. You know, so it's a very interesting, um, I'll say it this way. If they decide to reload, you've also got to get an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson. It's got to be one of those two. Or Deshaun Watson, if you can pull it. If you want to rebuild, I don't know. Maybe you just sign a – maybe you just get a rookie in, like, the second, third round and just let him have a few starts and see what you've got with him. I mean, they did take Kyle Trask out of Florida last year. Maybe you just give him a year and see what you've got in him. But again, it all depends to me on what they do. Do they tear it down and just try to get everything they can for 
players or do they reload and try again? So, yeah, I'm super conflicted because this roster is so good. It might be a waste to put in Kyle Trask. But on the other hand, I really want to see what Kyle Trask can do. He was a great quarterback in college. You know what I mean? He just had a year under Tom Brady. Maybe some of that helped him. So you might literally be sitting on a 23-year-old, you know, gold mine at quarterback. It would be a shame to not see what he can do. But it's also kind of a shame if you, you get him and he stinks and you waste that whole roster. So I'm really conflicted. But I would lean towards starting Trask because I want to know what I got in him. Uh, I don't I don't think he was drafted that high. Was, was it the second round, third round? Second or third, I believe. Yeah, like he's got to get his shot. Whether it's this year or next year is, is, is going to depend on, I think, who they can draw in. But uh, I think I would let Trask play, honestly. I, I think you drafted him for a reason. He was a great college quarterback. He's got pieces around him, uh, a good roster. If he can't do it with you now, he's never going to do it with you. So I would give him the shot. But, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers came knocking, I'm sorry, Trask. I probably would skip over you again, and that would suck for him. But. <laughs> All right. So, so for me, and I've been th- thinking about this, not since I posed the question, but really since Tom now, or the, the rumor came out on Saturday that, Tom Brady was retiring and it was, okay, where do you go? And no, you brought, brought up the roster. The, and the, th- I mean, one second, I just found Kyle Trask so I could figure this out. Mm-hmm. If I can figure out what round he was drafted in. Darn you. Yes. Oh, bye. Um, so for me, he was picked in the second round, the last second, pick round. In the second round. Yeah. Okay. So, so for me, and this is the thing I, I look at it's you look at that division, who knows what the Saints are going to look like? We don't even know who their head coach is. Um, you, you know me too well to say I will not believe in the Atlanta Falcons until they make ever. changes. Yeah. Until something, something changes. And then you got Carolina who. I think he's a really interesting team, but I think they're stuck with Sam Darnold because they already picked up his fifth-year option. So you can go with this roster. And if you think of the NFC landscape as a whole, Dallas is the only team in the East I'm worried about. Unless Washington – I can't believe I'm going to say. Unless the Washington Commanders can command a quarterback – which, by the way, it is a stupid name. It's it's not the best name. It's they should just stick to the football team because it was just really funny. Football team was cooler. Yeah, it was just funny. Right. It was just really funny. So if Washington could get a quarterback, maybe they're good. Dallas is a th- is a major threat. And the North, the only real threat is Green Bay, and that's if Aaron Rodgers stays. If he's gone, then I don't think there's any real threat in the NFC North. Right. There's no threat if he if he if he walks. Yeah. And in the West. The Rams are a threat, the Niners are a threat, and the Cardinals could be a threat. See, I, I don't know about Seattle. I don't trust Seattle. I need to see them before I, I divine them into to a threat. So I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would want to walk in and be the guy behind Brady. Although I, I still could see Rodgers totally going to New England and wearing 12 as well. Oh, That's a whole nother God. conversation. I think the I like. guy, listen, we don't know about the Deshaun Watson stuff, so I'm not going to include it. 
The Seahawks have not said anything on Russell Wilson, so I don't know what's going on there. I would I, I would at least put a phone call in about Derek Carr. Mm, oh, I, I think Carr that would be my, like that. I, I think with that team, he'll finally have a great defense. He'll have great weapons. I think that's the move to make. If, if you're not going to go Rodgers or Wilson, because I'm not going to include Watson in there, I would go get me Derek Carr. Okay, here's something interesting. If you brought that, I just want to throw this at you, Mike. Okay. Let's say you call up Vegas, and because let's say you don't want to bring Godwin back. Let's just say you don't want to offer what he's paying or pay what he's what he wants. Could you try to really swing for the fences and bring Hunter Renfro with him? Ooh. So you'd have Evans and Renfro. And that, like, because they obviously have great chemistry, Carr and Renfro. You, you could try that. You, Maybe offer like a couple firsts for both of them. I you would could try it. I, I mean, I, I don't see a problem with trying that. Um, again, this is all going to depend on, on, again, how they feel. The one, I'm not saying this to, to be fun. If, if you're going to go in, I'm going call Rogers, Carr, Wilson. Mm-hmm. I don't know the Watson legal status. I'm not going to touch that. If I'm going to stay moderate and it won't cost me as much, I might even talk about Garoppolo. I was thinking about Garoppolo. Like, yeah. I can use his mobility a little bit more. He does not have to, although after Sunday, and we'll get to it in a few minutes, I'm a little hesitant, but I, I, I can pull that trigger if the price was right. And I, I mean, those are really, I think Carr and Garoppolo outside of Wilson and Rogers, those would be the two guys. Otherwise I'm going to sign Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. That's not going to win. And listen, the Bucks fans have to realize they knew they were going to get probably only get to get two or three years out of Tom Brady at most. Yeah. So life after Tom Brady was meant to be prepared for, but. You got one. Congratulations to Tom on a great career. Now enjoy retirement. Don't come back. And, you know. I'm not going to lie. I love your car idea. I love car in Tampa. I, I think it makes sense. I that... read the other day, which was Carson Wentz. That sounds like a no. No. <laughs> you, you know, if the Colts are going to go big game hunting and they're going to go in on Rodgers or Wilson, make it work. But. And, and let's be honest, the Colts have the cap space to do it all. Oh, Colts yeah. should be all in on signing Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah. That's a story for another day. Yeah. We're going to move to the conference title games. Oh. We'll start. By the way, both games, fantastic. This, I, I've seen this question thrown around, and I think it's 100% yes. As far as a whole entire playoffs, this has been the best playoffs I've ever seen. Yeah, it's been really good. I mean, I, even I agree I mean, with that. I mean, I know Wild Card Weekend was not the best, but I mean, hey, Dallas San Fran was great. You know, it was fun. Division, to see. Uh, divisional, oh, the divisional round, round. Every game was just and amazing. these two games were really awesome. Fun. So let's but let's start with the AFC, and that would have the Cincinnati Bengals marching into Arrowhead. They beat the Chiefs twenty-seven to twenty-four in overtime. Joe Burrow two hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Higgins had over 100 yards receiving. Uh, Chase had a touchdown. Uh, 
Look, this game came down to two things. And I'm going to... The first was the last play of the first half. And if you go yeah. back and watch the game, I think it was second down or third down, I don't remember, from the one-yard line. They had five seconds. They had five seconds, and they tried to run this little cute play with Tyreek Oh, just, just to clarify, it, the Chiefs had this. The Chiefs, the Chiefs had, had the ball. Mahomes tried to run a cute little screenplay with Tyreek Hill. It didn't work. Credit Eli Apple, who actually made a tackle instead of getting – burnt like he did most of the first half but (laughs) Eli Apple made a tackle now get off Twitter and stop talking smack because you're still not great and in the second half Joe Burrow took over and and let me phrase this as best as I can Joe Burrow and Lou Amundsen the DC took this game over because the Chiefs in the second half crumbled I think they scored three points. They scored three points in the fourth quarter, and that was the three one to tie the, the game to bring quarter. it to overtime. And Mahomes in the fourth quarter in particular was terrible. He, he reverted back to that guy we saw early in the season. Well, he reverted to the guy we saw in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, he and and, and which was the guy we saw earlier. Yeah, it was. Um, I just I can't believe. We are saying this, that the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that all of us had at max getting six, seven wins this season, are in the Super Bowl. Hey, you're talking to a guy who had Zach Taylor fired. You had to get Zach, (laughs) two guys on the show, Mike and Adam, had Zach Taylor getting fired midway through the season, and now he's a slam dunk for coach of the year. If he does not win coach (laughs) of the year, that's a travesty. I'm rioting. Um, But, no, I mean, it was – it was just great. And shout out to my brother who got front row seats at the AFC title game. I'm so super jealous of you. Um, shout out his brother fan? for not He's a huge, ba- yeah, huge, huge Bengals fan. Oh, and awesome. you know what? Would your brother come on the podcast after the Super Could your brother come on the podcast <laughs> after the if Super If the Bengals Bowl? win, I will ask him. No, no, no. I want, regardless, I want to know because I want to know the feeling of what going to a, a, an AFC title game is like. I, I will ask him if he's willing to come on the podcast okay. for a little bit at least. Um, but here's the thing. Um, as far as the Chiefs are concerned, it your first half was great. I, it, it, it's, but see, you know what's really crazy? This game exactly mirrored the game from week 15 that they played in Cincinnati. <laughs> Mirrored the exact same way. Chiefs had a huge halftime lead, and then the Bengals stormed back in the second half. It was an exact mirror of, of that game. And, yeah, the Chiefs just really let it go. That that play calling at the end of the half, what was that? Why are you trying to run, get the ball in with five seconds? It's not like you have 10. It's not like you have 15. And you, you don't have, have a timeout. You're out of time. You have no timeout. Why do coaches hate points? Like, how yeah. greedy could you be? So there there like, was greed a big- is a sin. There was a video out say today, say uh, like the mic'd up version, saying Mahomes said he got it, he got it, he knows what he could do. And to me, I was just like, okay, you have two seconds, just throw the ball away, just yes, throw it this, away. Take that the, was if you take the three, you actually win the game. Yeah, you, just, you literally win the game. You know, it, here's here's where, like you said, it reverted back to Mahomes. It was him getting too pretty. He was trying to do way too much. The, the I'm thinking of the second to last play of the game where he gets ta- he gets chased all the way back to like the twenty. The fumble. He re- and he fumbles. He almost gives the game away. He that that whole the, drive. Yeah, that he almost lets the Bengals down there. They were 
done. He almost lets the Bengals get away with the game, like right there in regulation. They wouldn't need it overtime, but they take the field goal and get and get to overtime. It was just Patrick Mahomes doing way too much. And I'm sorry, what was that? What were you doing throwing that bomb on second and thirteen from your own twenty that got tipped and intercepted? That was just really reckless passing by Patrick Mahomes, and he's just gonna have to learn that you have to take what the defense gives you. You can't force everything. The guy was double covered. Tyreek Hill was double covered. I don't care how great retiree kill is. You, you're not getting a pass in double coverage. And th- this is going to lead into my point, and, and that's the biggest thing for the Chiefs because we talked last year after the Super Bowl. It's got to be the line. they got to work the offensive line. And well, the offensive did. line was pretty good for most of the year. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs desperately need a number two receiver. As good as Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are, and they're very good, McCall Hardman is Tyree Kill Jr. Byron Higgins Frank, the ball. But, but, you know, he's speed. That's the only thing he gives you is he's speed. Mm-hmm. Byron opened up a can of Pringles and Demarcus Robinson are, are threes Point. and fours. They're not – that's not a knock on them. That's better than what I can be. But they're not – they're good on this offense. Could they be a one or a two on another? No. I don't think so. No way. The Chiefs need a guy who on second and eight gets me seven and a half, eight yards. You know what they need, Mike? Travis Kelsey. They need like a Cole Beasley or a Hunter Renfro. They need a guy like that. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm going to shock the world. You know who they could use? They could use it in Amari Cooper. Or Michael Gallup. Right. Someone to work the intermediate part yeah. of the field or the underneath stuff so Travis Kelsey can go intermediate or they rotate it out. Yeah, 100%. I don't know what I'm that. doing with my hands, um, but that's yeah. a whole nother conversation. But, uh, but that's well, their biggest need. It definitely is. And I want to give the Bengals credit for this because I talked about the defense. Eli Apple made a play. Uh, Von Bell had a pick. Trey Hendrickson was the most underrated free agent signing of the entire offseason. They sacked Patrick Mahomes four times. All in the second half. All in the second half. They were going after Patrick Mahomes. And, and listen, we were we uh, we give crap about the Bengal offensive line. They gave him one. Yeah. Albeit the Chiefs' defense was all in uh, all in Burrow's face in the first half, he was able to he he did what Mahomes did against the Bills. He yeah. used his legs, mm-hmm. and then he you know beat him deep. And th- there's not no words describe how good Joe Burrow is. No, it really like, doesn't. He really is Joe Cool. He was awesome and- in this game. Yeah, I, I just have to give a lot of love to the Cincinnati Bengals because they have just shocked the world. They, I think this is one of the biggest Cinderella stories of all time. No one gave them a chance to be No angry. one gave them a chance, and they're here. I, I want to say a bet on them to win the Super Bowl. I saw a story about this right when they won the championship. Like, a bet on them to win the Super Bowl, like a $1,000 bet, I think net you like 500 k Like, that's how much the odds were <laughs> if you had bet they the had, year. Uh... The second worst odds coming into this year. Only the Giants worse? Jaguars, Jets, and Texans. Yeah, but it's just been an incredible story. This team just came together at the right time and just, uh, you know, we, we, we heavily criticized the Jamar Chase pick. But here we are. He's broken 
Did he break the receiving rookie receiving record, or was that still Jefferson? No, I think Justin Jefferson has that record. Okay, but but Jamar Chase gave it a run for its money. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mixon has been incredible in the backfield. Uh, T. Higgins and Tyler. T. Boyd. Higgins was great on Sunday. I I will say this. I and I I want to see if you guys agree. I don't think there's a better receiving trio right now than what the Cincinnati Bengals have. I think the team they're playing in the Super Bowl can give them a run for their money. It's close, though. It, no, no, no. I'm in agreement with you. I just think those are probably the top two, yeah. top but, threes. Uh, and, then, and then you're probably looking at Dallas and, and Dallas and yeah. Tampa. But, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it, it's been an incredible story. They just come together. And, you know, this I think is a big thing for the NFL to learn, too, because we talked about Zach Taylor and we talked about how – bad those first two years were and you know mike you and adam kept saying he should get fired he should get fired and look at him now you know and i'm not saying every guy is going to do this but it does help a lot of these coaches who are going to get first-time jobs it's like look it's not going to be pretty right off the bat i'm going to need a couple years to build my team and get it to where i want it to be but but i'll say this in defense of myself and adam I, I won't say it in, in defense of Adam mainly because he's not here, so I don't know if he has the same feelings I do. I'll say it in me. It's not that I wanted him fired. It's more so the fact of, okay, you had two years and you got your quarterback, your future quarterback beaten up. Let's go and see what you could do. If you're not good at the start of the season, you're going to get fired. That that's how I kind of and that's it. fair. And if he was like oh and five, he probably would have gotten right. Fired. But so they started off to give him a fair shot. But if he started bad, yeah, I, I was there. He goes. But... He he took the opportunity and he ran with it. And you know, I I, I want to give one last shout out because this story is just absolutely incredible. Evan McPherson mm. drafted rookie kicker has nailed every single kick so far in the postseason. So Two of impressive. them have. Two of them have made a move on. Did you guys hear what he said before to Burrow before he went out? I'm gonna make it. He he said when they when the Bengals got to like the 25 yard line, it was still like a 45 yard field goal. He went up to Joe Burrow and he said, "Hey, book your tickets for the for the Super Bowl." Because he was yeah, just he, he was certain he's gonna make it before he nailed the winner against the Titans too. He's like, all those lines. Like he said like, "Oh, can't wait to play in the AFC title game." Because he was that mm-hmm. confident he was gonna make it. Like that's just. He's just got ice in his veins. And, and they've done it. We talked about Simon. This is how you do it. You build it through the draft. You do smart free agent signings. This is how you build a team. This is the right way to do it. And so the Bengals deserve this. It should be a fun game in the Super Bowl where they take on for the second consecutive year, a team will play the Super Bowl at their home stadium, the Los Angeles Rams of St. Louis, who defeated the San Francisco 49ers 20-17. to Matthew Stafford had 337 yards and two touchdowns. Cooper Cup, 11 receptions, 142 yards and two touchdowns. Garoppolo, 232 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And Debo Samuels, four catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. He also had seven carries for 26 yards. The Rams went out. They got Matthew Stafford, and we said, you better get at least to the NFC title game. 
Matthew Stafford's going to the Super Bowl, and he's finally getting the respect and recognition he deserves for that. Because we talked about this, I think, when we first acquired him, and we talked about it really throughout the season. This isn't the tr- the scene in The Wizard of Oz. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Dorothy or Toto. You're <laughs> not in Detroit anymore, Matthew. You're in Los Angeles. You're expected to win, and now you're going to the Super Bowl. And he's been lights out all playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's been really, really good. I, I gotta, I gotta give some love to to, to a lot of people. The Ram defense gave up 50 yards rushing to the Niners. The Niners killed them running the football the first two times. They gave up 50 yards. Cooper, there's no words. Cooper to Cup needs to win MVP. Okay. There's, there's <laughs> no words to describe Cooper Cup. Another hundred yards, two touchdown performance. I believe he caught seven or eight first downs. Yeah. I'll say this. There was one negative for the Rams. I do want to – it was Sean McVay's coaching at times. The timeout mm-hmm. usages, the, the challenges. He was very much skating on thin ice throughout that game. Yeah, he but, was not, uh, not on point. No, I, the second challenge when – the challenge whether use check was down or not – on a fumble, didn't make sense because there was no clear recovery, so the Niners were going to retain the ball anyway. Yeah. Little things like that. and I do think the Niners got in his head a little bit. I'll say it like that. I do think the six-game losing streak was in his head, but I thought as soon as – I think it was Kittle who scored to make it 17. I thought game over. The Niners yeah. are going back to the Super Bowl. I really thought that. When it was 17-7, I was like, this is it. They're just going to run all over them. Hmm. Yeah, that was my thought too. I also thought the Chiefs were going to win when they were up twenty-one and three, though. So <laughs> <laughs> two mean, big comebacks this week. Yeah, I, I mean for for the Rams, but to to a team that that beat you six straight times, that that that's something. And the play the play at the end of the gate, the interception, the play Aaron Donald makes, just mm. just uh, I, that that is the one dude you just look at and you go. Get that man a ring. But like if they win the Super Bowl, he, he doesn't have to play another down. He's going to the Hall of Fame either. <laughs> you know? Oh, so, yeah. It's just, oh, what a moment. What a game. And we'll flip side it to the Niners because we do know a change is coming. And it's not that Kyle Shanahan's going anywhere. Jimmy Garoppolo's going to get traded. Where to? We don't know. He's already. He said he's already discussed trade trade destinations with the owner, with John Lynch. He's already. So it's it's happening. Uh, so I, I I wonder. Y'all throw it to you guys. Where where's Jimmy playing next year? Go ahead, Tom. Hmm. Where Tom? Where's Jimmy G playing next year? Oh, well, I do think the Bucks isn't a horrible idea, but like I said, I'm leaning more towards Trask, and uh, I, I really couldn't tell you at this point. I, I, I think he's going to go somewhere that can compete, but uh, compared to some of the other quarterbacks that are available, I'm not sure how high up he even is on the list, honestly. So uh, yeah. maybe 
maybe the Saints. I mean, I'm really not sure. Oof. Yeah, no, uh, as far as Jimmy G goes, and look, I just want to defend him real quick. People were ratting on him for that last interception. The guy had no time to throw the ball. He, he, he didn't have any time. Donald and Von Miller were in his face within seconds. What was he supposed to do? I, I Okay, that out of the way. Um, Jimmy G next year. I think an interesting option is you go replace Big Ben in Pittsburgh. Mm. And that's a really good option. They've got a great foundation set. They have a great defense, just like the Niners do. They've got weapons. They've got Claypool. You know, I believe Smith-Schuster might stick around. We don't know. Juju's a free agent. Juju's a free agent, so they might be able to sign it, but who knows. But they've got Deontay Johnson, who had a really good year. They've got Najee Harris, who had a great year. As long as they rework the offensive line, they should be a top contender again as much as I ratted on them this year. Um, so I'm going to go there. I'm going to say Pittsburgh. I think they make the most sense because they need a guy who just can't turn over the ball. Just give it to Najee Harris. Just make the plays when you need to and let the defense bail you out. TJ Watt can get a sack whenever he needs to. I'll add another one here. The commanders. They make sense. They too. need a quarterback. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to throw this one out there, and I don't think anyone's talked about it, but I come on this podcast and I talk about this all the time. I'm ready for a change in Atlanta. Matt Ryan goes to the Niners, where he had his MVP season for Kyle Shanahan, and Jimmy G goes back the other way, and you draft a guy to have Jimmy G teach him. You could do that. See, the problem is I think I think the Niners want to let Lance just have the job. See, I don't think so. I think the Niners are going big game, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to actually be the quarterback of the Niners next year. Mm, makes a lot of sense, too. That, that, well, that's where my, my he head goes is there. going. What about Jimmy G in Denver? That's not a bad I mean, one. I'd rather take my chances on Deshaun Watson. <laughs> well, I'm saying is that what if – what if it comes down to it and you know you can't get Watson? That's the thing. That, that, then if, if that's my best option, then I guess. Uh, I, listen, you don't want to blame him for the pick, and that's fine. I don't think he was great on Sunday. And, and it's not to say he was bad. He was okay. There were too many. He missed a couple of throws. The what? Excuse me. The one he got Debo lit, on, lit up on was. Oof. Yeah, that was a bad throw. I mean, he had a couple of those on Sunday. I, my, my thing on him is, and I think they've, I don't know if the Niners have learned this over time. I think they have. He's good. And when he has to be, he can be very good. But I don't think his ceiling gets higher than very, very good. I don't think, he'll never be an elite, elite quarterback. He won't. He's He's good. He's good enough to win, but I don't know if he's a guy who can win you a chip. The the thing that I've really felt bad for him, at least over, was they, you know, San Fran took the quarterback in Trey Lance, and that's fine. You could definitely do that to get your future ready. But then it was just, you heard rumors every day that, like, Jimmy G's 100% out. He's leaving, blah, blah, blah. Ownership doesn't believe in it, like this and that. The poor guy, like, I felt like could never get, like, honestly, if I were him and I knew for a fact that I'm get, I'm done after this year, why would I try? 
why why would I because you're showcasing oh, yourself for other teams. And I get I I understand that, but from the from the you owe the Niners nothing because you know that they're tossing you out as soon as they can now. It just seems so weird because this poor guy was just under all this scrutiny, all this, you know, like because it's crazy to think about what if he won a ring with them? Are they still trading him? You're talking yeah. about this year? Yeah. Can you? I think they are. I think they're trading. That's the problem. Value. So it's like he knew from the fact. So it's like it's it kind of had to have gone to his head. And listen, credit to him for playing through it and all this stuff. But but that but that's what happens when you get paid. Yeah, that right. does. The, the the other guy I feel bad for was Jaquaski Tart, the guy oh, who dropped the interception. He had the was, game oh. one. Yeah, oh, that's I, I feel bad for that guy, man. You, you almost, I almost wanted the Niners to win the game just so he wouldn't feel sick in the morning. Yeah, I, I mean, he owned it on social media, but I, I mean, I feel for that dude, man. Good player, uh, just a he'll, bad bounce. He'll never live that down. But maybe it's motivation for next year. Hopefully, but. The Rams move on to the Super Bowl where they will actually literally host the game because that's so fun. That's another thing I wanted to say. I texted you guys this. How crazy is it that for 54 years we got no team that was hosting the Super Bowl went to the Super Bowl? And now we've had two years in a row the team hosting the Super Bowl went to the Super Bowl. It's insane, man. It's it is crazy. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> it's insane. We're going to preview the big game next week. We'll do some Super Bowl trivia. We'll talk the big game. But until then, for Noah Trumley, Tom Roosters, I'm Mike Griffin. You've been listening to the Wishbone Shotgun Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Hey, enjoy the free week of football unless you're one of those guys who watches the Pro Bowl. Which... <laughs> oh, dude, did you watch the skills competition? I did not. Awesome. Did not. I don't, don't care. I don't watch the skills challenge. <laughs> I don't watch the Pro Bowl. I get the week off to relax. Dude, but you missed Micah Parsons off. speeding out Tyreek Hill. Nah. I did see that. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> hey, hey, I've outran Tyreek Hill as well. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, all right. So until then, everyone, enjoy the week off. We'll talk to you again next week when we preview the Super Bowl. Have a safe week and namaste.